0: The following podcast contains strong language.
1: Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast with me, Chris, and I me, mean, Matt. Very serious. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> the heat's getting to me. <laughs> So, 's gone though. So yes, the bunker overlords have banished us to the bunker. What do we do with the bunker? Let's remind the listeners, what we do in the bunker is torture ourselves <laughs> slowly over a period of two weeks by watching what can only be described as awful films.: Yeah, in the vain and it seems like a dim and distant hope these days that one day, yeah. one of these critically panned films will not be awful. But what is this, Chris? Because at the end of the last podcast, we didn't tell anybody. Oh yeah! So um, <laughs> we we were, we had uh, an idea that we wanted to do the pointless remake, the genre tick that we're doing episode to episode. Play so, the play the theme tune and see if they can guess. It's coming up. <laughs> So we chose RoboCop 2013. 2014? I mean, we chose <laughs> RoboCop 2014.
2: You ready? This detective, Alex Murphy, an officer down. We are on the eve of a technological revolution.
0: We need to give the Americans a figure they can rally behind. I'll give you mommy kiss. Hi, baby. Too slow,
1: boy. We're gonna put a man inside a machine.
3: He's suffered fourth degree burns over 80% of his body. If he survives, he'll be paralyzed from the waist down, confined to a wheelchair. You say you can save him, but what does that mean?
0: What kind of life will he have? What kind of suit is this?
2: It's not a
0: suit, it's you.
2: What the hell did you do to me? Make him more tactical,
0: make him look, uh, Let's go with black. When the machine fights, the system
3: releases signals into Alex's reign, making him think he's in control. But he's not. It's the
2: illusion of free will. I've selected 13 targets, all wanted for murder. Uh, this is the future of American justice.
0: Somehow, he's overriding the system's priorities. The human element will always be present. Compassion, fear, instinct. They will always interfere with the system.
2: Better alive, you're coming with
1: me. It's a remake of the, what, 1984? 1980... Nah, Four? Yeah. Is it 1984? Maybe this case, the original? the Who makes a lot of tongue-in-cheek. Very satirical, though. It's always implicitly edged. Um, yeah. It's a films always films of multiple layers. You can watch them pissed at your head and enjoy the action and fun. Mm. You can watch them semi-sober <laughs> and appreciate the... The, the moral backstory, and then you can watch them completely sober and appreciate the sort of, you know, the, the Reagan era kind of thumb poking at the horrible corporate greed structures. That was a magnificent. <laughs> but his films are of the time, aren't they? They're yeah. very specific, you know, the... This, that's why it's always a danger just... to remake a film like this because, you know, it's not just about a man that turns into a robocop. It's about humanity. It's about corporate greed. It's about surrendering your rights and it's about the news coverage and yeah. how that you know anyway we'll get on to that i'm sure we'll delve we'll delve and plunge into the depths of uh human cyborg uh, yeah shite. but anyway i'll give you the the uh, the proper plot synopsis as hey robo plop robo plop <laughs> <laughs> the robo plop synopsis as written by Sony pictures entertainment the year is 2028, and... Is that um, far enough in the future, by the way? I mean, um, probably not. It's not enough, is it? No, what are we now? 2018, so, uh, yeah, 10 years. Yeah. My maths is right. <laughs> yeah, it's a leap, isn't it? Mind you, the drones and everything, the way things are going. The year is 2028. A multinational conglomerate, Omnicorp, is at the centre of robot technology. Overseas, their drones have been used by the military for years, and it's meant billions for Omnicorp's bottom line. Now, Omnicorp, Omnicorp wants to bring their controversial technology to the home front, and they see a golden opportunity to do it. When Alex Murphy, Joel Kinnerman, yep. a loving husband, father, and a good cop, doing his best to stem the tide of crime and corruption in Detroit, is critically injured in the line of duty. Omnicorp sees their Cork again, sees their chance for a part man, part robot police officer. Omnicork envisions a Robocop <laughs> in every city and even more billions for their stakeholders and shareholders. But they never counted on one thing. There is a still a man. There is a still a man. Oh, there is a so still a man. The machine pursuing justice. Could so have quite, I could have quite easily chosen the three line plop synopsis but I went for the uh, ridiculously long it was Omnicork, the famous corking <laughs> concomerate. Omnicork. <laughs> yeah. Right, so this film has a cast. Joe Kinnaman, who um, people will know from Suicide Squad yeah. and the, um, I thought, excellent um, Altered Carbon Netflix miniseries. Yeah, Netflix, the, yeah, Netflix show. Uh, Gary bolt Oldman from all films. <laughs> what yeah. a magnificent actor he is. Uh, Batman connection to Michael Keaton, obviously. Gary was Commissioner Gordon. Yes, there's a nice Michael good. Keaton. Was Batman? Was Batman? Batman? Well, the Batman, the, Batman. the definitive Batman. Um, Abby Cornish, she's been in a few films, not a huge amount. No, she's very she's recognizable. She's been in she's been in films. Her um, <laughs> the symmetry of that woman's face annoys me because because it, it's too perfect. Yeah, she's like. You could and the lips to nose thing. I, this was a, this is a real weird. I got distracted. I got distracted by this almost geometrically perfect lip. What's this bit called? The septum. Is it? Is or, it? <laughs> yeah, I think it's called the. Sept- Describe one point, Chris, for the people. Yeah, that aren't the bit a between your nose and your lips, like yeah, a little the little divot. The 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 snot holder. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the the her lips snot odour to nose slope was yeah. just like it had been. Rendered in a computer game. Yes, it was too. Do you think she's been genetically altered? I I think maybe a doctor did it. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure, um, but I mean it's a cracking job. But yeah, she's <laughs> distracting. <laughs> 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 Sorry. So yeah, she's too kind of distracting. Um, who else is in this? I hear you cry, uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Who's who's in stuff? Rorschach. Rorschach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Him. Yeah, and he was in. Yes, yeah, so you're right. He, he, was did, in the, he has re- done another remake, which you probably could have looked at, <laughs> uh, which was which was. Hey, uh, he played Freddy, pretty Freddy, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Michael Kenneth Williams, who's he? The guy from The Wire, I think. <laughs> oh, <yes>. Omar, we know <laughs> from Omar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant when he turned. Oh, I, when when I saw his face, I, I did squeeze a little bit. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you watch The Wire, one probably the best binge watchable series is that I think I've ever invested my time in The, the Wire is amazing never watched it uh, well it's one of those things I you know, missed it I missed the bo- I think. I, I think you've boat. missed the boat now and it was too much what? I think it's been built too much there's no way it could possibly live up to what everyone said no it probably can't I think can't. now we've had so much stuff now coming after it's kind of I think it's yeah. probably the tentpole not the tentpole the beginning of TV being this you know being mood. as good as film yes Anyway, let's not go further on. <coughs> Jennifer L., who, well, oh, she's been in various Brit stuff. Yeah, she's a brilliant Brit actress. Yeah. Doing a great American accent. Jane Burchell, who we all know as uh, the voice from How to Train a Dragon. Oh, yes. Um, he's he's one of John Lapitel's mates, isn't he? Is he like um, Seth Rogers? Yeah. He buddies in those films quite a bit. Yeah. Marianne Jean mm-hmm. Baptiste, who you'll recognize in many films, Samuel Jackson. Who plays his Samuel best, Jackson. Right, he does his best Terry Wogan impression. It does, yeah, it? with the hair anyway. Yeah, he's got impressive hair. Hmm. Oh, he it. Um. So yeah, like you looked at it, like you think to yourself, right? Um, big budget, which we'll go into in a minute. Good cast, yeah. decent source material in terms of if you're gonna reboot. I mean, all reboots don't have to be shit. It's not a rule. No, that's true. So um, it had, and especially in this current times that we live in, it, it had another chance to be. Another sort of political snipe at the way that we live in fear, for instance, Mm. uh, all of our times. But uh, no, none of that. (laughs) Uh, What you you say is interesting, though, because uh, some of the feedback I was reading on on about the film is the first scene where they're doing like a drone exercise in yes. this, one of the Israeli, uh, Israel. Well, it's, it's a, it's a, it's like an anonymous Arabian state, isn't it? Where they, yeah. They're doing yeah, name yeah. where it is, but yeah, but it's, it's just the way, the insurgents. way the surgeons It's kind of like, um, there was quite a bit of backlash about that initially because, you know, it was painting everyone with the same brush. Yeah. Um, so you know, it just, not everybody in that sort of, sort of environment is a, um, terrorist basically. Exactly. Well, uh, so yeah, uh, this cost a lot of money to make, though, didn't it, Matt? It cost 100 million, which sounds like a rounded number that someone's gone, let's not worry about the rest of that. We'll just stop at 100 million. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, didn't it cost 140? Shush. Well, it was. Like a, lip, a thing on the lip. <laughs> yes. let's, let's not speak Shush. of Shush. this. Shush. So it could well have been more. I I think it's bizarrely round number. Yeah. Because it, it was hovering around the 70 million at one point. Yeah. So, but apparently what's the story behind the. the, the There is a story. There is a story. story. So the director, Jose Padilla, um, who wasn't the first director attached to this film. So uh, beginning um, way back, it was uh, Darren Aronofsky. 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 Sorry, I always struggle with his surname. Um, Would have been... What the fuck would he have done that (laughs) film? Christ almighty. Robocop would have had a baby halfway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ripped to pieces at some point. Yeah, yeah. so he was first attached to it and it was going to be set way in the future and stuff. But then um, obviously he did various other films, kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. So they brought in um, Jose, Jose, as we, is now my friend, um, who um, had done really good work on a couple of um, Brazilian films. Yeah. Um, and it looked it like a good match, really, for the sort of tone of the, the first film and the kind of direction that they were looking to go well, he's a he's a critically acclaimed director and he's also a narcos a narcos with the yeah. You know, so i say the netflix series uh, very gritty stuff so yeah he's not shy of the old um gritty punchy punchy stabby yeah yeah and <laughs> and fairly down-to-earth content yeah so um as always uh, although recent films have proved this not to be true i think with deadpool etc you get to a certain budget and they worry about recouping their cash back because but the, obviously the, the higher the age bracket of your film, the less people you could physically get in to watch it. Yeah. So um, I think it's when they passed sort of like the £70 million mark is that they decided then the film had to be PG-13, mm-hmm. uh, various cuts were they and then the director just started then kind of being quite verbal about his artistic direction, uh, being compromised quite heavily. Mm. And you can see it in this film. I mean, it's it's almost certainly one of the, it reminds me of the story of um Sucker Punch. Actually Abby Cornish is in that. Um one of the pretty scenes where uh, they're fighting a bunch of um Nazis. Yeah. So they turned them into sort of steampunk Nazis right. um who just kind of blew steam at one point. But that was all just CGI'd afterwards because the CGI at the time or, or what they were planning to do was to actually just have Zombie Nazis and there's gonna be blood and guts flying everywhere. Right. Um and they had to they s- toned it right toned down. it down. So and I think a lot of the times Robocops tases someone is probably a bit of post production <laughs> to you know keep the violenty shooty shooty bloody bloody down down. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um the what I've been reading and researching about it, is that the the studio basically were keeping, uh, breathing down his neck. The director Jose for the for the most of the filming just to ensure that he wasn't, you know, going into gangster territory. Yeah. So yeah, so between the director having his uh, balls uh, shackled uh, and who's the uh, who's puppet, the the actor in that Joel Kinnaman, Joel Kinneman and Jose were both in, were colluding with each other to you know fighting the studio to make sure that or to. Yeah, Can you imagine push. these actors probably signed up to a film that then changed rapidly whilst they're making yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You know? And as I say, probably a lot of post-production went in and reshoots, I would have thought, to bring this uh, to a PG-13. Because the first film was horribly violent. Oh, yeah. And it's shockingly violent for a yeah. time as well. Um and what I found also weird is obviously, um, especially in the, the Me Too, is that the first film had a very strong female character that um, was played, like, unusually at the time. She wasn't just... The frippery, you know, mm-hmm. some, you know, mm-hmm. someone to be dragged along. She mm-hmm. was a character in her right. Um, yeah, Murphy's partner. Yeah. What was her name? Lewis. Lewis, well done. <laughs> um, yeah. And in this, they have a Lewis who is um, Michael Kenneth Williams. Okay. And um, who is in it for not very much, to be fair. No. It's okay. a very dick-heavy film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point I was going to make. I mean, as I pointed out, Abby Cornish is in it, but she's... Yeah, she's the suffering, crying wife. wife yeah, yeah, Just a yeah. victim. So in the first Robocop film, obviously Robocop and Lewis go to chase down a gang. Um, he gets sort of siloed off and basically shot to shit. I'm mm. blown, blown off, legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in this one, I was, I, I was confused by the manner of his... Um, assassination or attempted assassination. Assassination. So, so they, they've kind of uncovered this police corruption. That, you know, they've clawed, they've got thread. They've... Is it is it to do with some, some Russian crime lords? Yeah. So there was um, guns that were in police lockup that are now on the streets. Yeah. Very much similar to *Lethal Weapon* three in storyline in okay. terms of the MacGuffin storyline that goes in the background whilst he becomes a a robot man. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so he, whilst he's visiting, they place a bomb on his car, but this bomb doesn't go off the no. next time he like gets in the car and drives off. It waits till he's about to get Harry Cornish's brum off. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, the love scene. And then his alarm starts going off, mm. and then the door slightly opens, and then he's like, oh, fucking car. Yeah. Walks downstairs, goes to shut the car, and then it blows up. Yeah. What was the trigger there? It was just on a timer. <laughs> well, time timer that then sets the alarm off <laughs> and yeah, opens, opens the door. The door. Yeah, it's very random, isn't it? It's a random way of going about it. They could have uh, just had it so as soon as he got in his car after visiting the hospital, boom. He he suffers four fourth degree, fourth degree burns. Yeah. Some of the comments I've been reading is that the depiction of his body doesn't really represent you know the, how messed up his bo- how messed up uh, that is. This is something I'd, I had strong issues with as well. Is the yeah. fact that like. Look, so it gets blown up and then you get a cutscene to Mrs. Robocop sat there um, being told about her husband. Hi, Chris here. I'm afraid we were attacked by mobile phone gremlins again. So for the next few minutes, uh, there's a little bit of interference. Uh, I hope it doesn't spoil your enjoyment too much. Okay, bye. Michael Keaton's OCP uh, want to... Bring oh. Omnicorp. Sorry, Omnicorp. i not OCP yet. Omnicorp want to bring in um, the the drones that we saw in Israel, or random Arab country. They want to bring in the the, the Robo men and the ED-209s and the flying drones. They want to bring them to be the police force in the United States. But there's a rule and a law and a senator that's very much against that. I know how we get around this. We'll make a half-man, half-machine. No one then can worry about the moral implications of that. (laughs) So they start... Profiling amputees and war heroes yeah. and things like that to sort of see if they can establish or find someone that would suit. So they go through some sort of character profiling and, yeah, and Gary business. Oldman sat there. So we to Gary Oldman and, and he's in our hospital and he's obviously helps amputees. They got good prosthetics because this guy's played. The oh, he's playing a classical, classic <coughs> guitar. He's not he's not licking like you know. He's playing yeah. proper hardcore classical guitar. Yeah. But yeah you know you, you don't play with your hands, you play with your heart <laughs> yeah. but I need emotion to play it These robotics that they're using to enhance to, to walk and things yeah they are um, they, they malfunction or as soon as some, you know the, the mind uh, becomes emotional or starts yeah. to go either way, You've Got concentrate yeah it kind of they, they lose their ability. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a key thing, I think, yeah. in the whole... little, yeah, little yeah, nugget yeah. Of there saying, like, yeah. okay, this is a good sign. It's like... Ha, ha. <laughs> but Gary Oldman's fantastic American accent in this. Just, yeah. I, I love him, but... He shouts, doesn't he? When think something's going wrong, he just shouts his way through all the dialogue. Yeah. And I know he does this a lot at the end of this film. It, it's, he digress. It's, he um yeah, he, he he shouts exposition, he shouts watching. What normally goes on in people's minds. Yeah, he yeah, just yeah, goes doing it. I'm very angry <laughs> <laughs> We've we'll introduced to Gary Oldman's character as a it looks like a benevolent doctor who works tirelessly to help amputees and stuff. Yeah, he comes across as his thing. moral slide is uh, like a one-in-one it's just like he goes from this doctor to a guy prepared to fucking mess with people's brains so that yeah. they can shoot people quick he gets um, threatened very quickly doesn't he in terms of you know mm. either either do either do what the corporation wants him to do or or basically he's out on his ear and it's his reputation he's they're kind of, they, they carrot him, don't they? They kind of sort of say, Hey, how'd you about funding this for the next 10 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, Oh, what do I have to do? Oh, you just have to completely fuck with a man.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Which they do. And he's like, Huh? <laughs> yeah. He goes with it, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he, he doesn't take a lot of time. So, anyway, yeah, so um, I digressed heavily there, but it was important for Plot. We've digressed twice. Massive. So, Abby Cornish and a perfect naval. Is it that's no, that bit. That's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, perfect. Just say so she's got a symmetrical face. Symmetrical face. is sat there um holding back the tears descri- as they show her husband on a screen. Not They're not at his bedside. That would be horrendous. No, they're in a separate room in a boardroom just with a PowerPoint presentation on her husband. Basically showing how fucked he is. Yeah. And they go, right, so this is what's wrong with him. It's, his face is all fucked up because it's all burnt and shit. He's lost an eye. Yeah. Um, he's lost one leg. And you can see it fast on the screen. One leg below the knee. Yeah. Um, He's lost another arm above the elbow. Yeah. And he's covered in burns and stuff. Yeah. Next time we see him, he's a fucking head and a pair of lungs. (laughs) Yeah. What happened? They took everything away and left his face. Face, which they managed to fix perfectly, by the way. Well, yes, because he's lost an eye and he's lost fourth degree burns all over him. Yeah. Basically, he's got the Perfect face. Perfect face. But little else. And, and a it's always fine. Yeah, and, and a pair of lungs in two fish tanks. And yeah. A, <laughs> and, a, and a ghost hand. <laughs> it's like, did they really need to cut all that other shit away? They really scaled him back, did they they? they? they went, do we need this?
3: Eh.
1: It's like, what about his, you know. Yeah, no junk. No junk. No. Was that blown off or do they just um, think I can imagine don't need that I'm afraid, afraid uh, we couldn't save his penis. <laughs> um, that was a that was a cut in room scene for Yeah, you know, he's blind in one eye, four to be grounds <laughs> and I'm afraid we couldn't save his penis. <laughs> John Thomas is no more.
0: Oh god! <laughs>
1: That's such a magnificent cat. <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah. so okay, she signs the papers away. She says, anyway, yeah. They, 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 we, we've yeah, and so he becomes the RoboCop that we all love and hate. Three uh, years or three months, I can't remember. There was a, there was a, there was a three. And it's, all, it's all done in China, isn't it, or Japan? So this is all. I think there, yeah, because he runs out and there's yeah, a, there's yeah. a voice so the whole thing's being is happening abroad, and because um, obviously they haven't introduced him into into onto the streets of the, uh, the American yeah. uh, United States. Apart of from RoboCop, Robocop himself. There isn't a huge amount of twenty twenty eight ness about the place. Like the cars, kind of look. The cars, cars are, yeah. You, I think they just do that thing where they inject the sound of electricity. Yeah, the are driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear a lot of that, and the guns look cool. I think that's the only difference, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But not don't sound cool because the first film. I'm sorry to harp on, but we are talking about points remake, so it is important to, to compare. Important contrast. To RoboCop's gun was like the thing, like it was a massive thing, and it made a fucking awesome noise. It was an automatic Desert Eagle. That's what it was. Oh, it w- It made a great noise. Yeah. Oh, maybe only secondary to the pulse rifle from Aliens in terms of gun noises. Oh yes, yes, yes. So it was an amazing gun noise. Yeah, yeah. And then it's re- replaced by this basically Taser. party poppy at popper, which does tasers randomly. When yeah, people, when people are too close, they don't do to much, too much blood. Yeah. Zzz. So, so the, the, this is where the PG thirteen enemy comes into it. So the, as we, as you mentioned earlier on, that all the all the cool stuff that we would want to see, having sort of grown up and, and loving the original, has been replaced by yeah the PG thirteen sensitized, sensitized stuff. they could have had the noise. Yeah. You know, so he walks around. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's exactly what it sounds like. Thanks, mate. So he tases a lot of people. He tases a lot of people. But there's his character, Rorschach. So, um, yes, he's like the head of the, like, armory sort of dude, isn't he? He kind of looks after the troops, the drones. And he so says, it, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. He does in that massively shoehorned in line. I, this is one of the things I hate about remakes, is the, the shoehorn in of either uh, a sound effects, a time, a moment, a famous line. Um, Total had the three boo woman. And, oh. the, uh, and this had, I, I wouldn't buy that for a dollar. And later on, he does say, Dead or Alive, you're coming with me. But yes. he doesn't say it in the robot-y way. He just kind of. Yeah, no, he's just a very matter-of-fact. Matter-of-fact. I think with. Um, I'm just going to refer to him as Rorschach, because I think that's. I know what I'm talking about then, because he's got quite a long. Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, him. yeah Basically, he's an asshole.
0: Modified M2 Battle Rifle. 50-caliber Beowulf ammunition and 30-round clips. Three-shot bursts or full auto. Heavy duty. TSR-66, cartridge-driven taser pistol. Each projectile releases up to 200,000 volts. It can stun, it can kill, and it's nasty shit. Your armor, state-of-the-art but not invulnerable. 50-caliber larger can penetrate and kill. Multiple hits and guess who ends up in the recycling bin. If you sense you need a weapon or a threat, the visor goes down and the system makes the weapons available. You gotta remember, it's not the weapons account. It's who's handling them. Or in your case, what? You think you can do this? Just stick to do your job. Just stick to my job? Combat robots are my job, Doc. Rio, Congo, you name it. I was there. Our machines run perfectly. You ask me, sticking organics into the system is a huge step backwards. I don't care how well you design this thing. Without my sign off, it better start learning Chinese because it ain't never going on. It's nice to meet you, too. Let's do this. Tin Man.
1: Yeah, he takes out Asshole as well. Refers to Robocop as uh, Tin Man, doesn't Does he? Ben. And there's lots derogatory comments about ben. him. Very meanly, he plays the Tin Man theme tune. Yes. With the devals whilst he's going through some VR training regime. Yeah, which is sad. Sad. So what they want and what they're trying to prove is that Robocop can do everything that the drone cops can. So the drone cops make snap decisions, com- computer robot decisions. You know the human element and the decisiveness and all that all free will is removed, and they're, they're extremely efficient. But the problem is they are scary. Um, they're faceless and, and illegal. And illegal. <laughs> so what they try to do is they basically the, the doctor Gary Oldman's character does a great job of his, his moral slide. Yeah, he kind of he kind of does a great job of uh, Joel Murphy's character being. The best of both worlds. So he's managed to retain. Once he gets him on board, obviously he's initially yeah. upset that he's now a robot, but he does tend to warm to it. He seems to be. He comes to terms quickly. With he comes it. to terms quickly with it, and he's actually got a conscious, He seems quite with it. They have quite normal conversations and everything. So he's not like this weird cyborgy type chat. Um, so the, he's he's got he's managed to retain a lot of his character. However, the the quickness of his abilities to make these these. Quick decisions and and do what maybe the corporation wants him to do isn't quite up to par. So when he runs tests alongside the the drone cops, there's a big like five minute, three minute difference between the two and the quickness of it. So basically, Michael Keaton, the big evil overlord guy, says basically ninety eight percent efficiency for the robot drone, twenty only twenty five percent. It's a massive difference, it's right? huge. Yeah. So they basically say he's t- he tells doctor Gary Oldman, sort it out, tweak well, it. I don't care what you have to do. Don't mate. do it. It's your reputation on the line. It's not yeah. good enough. So Gary sort of scratches his head and he's, he's concerned. but uh, And then he just sort of basically turns the knob down a little bit for his emotion. then <laughs> he says, well, he's on that. It's like a nine. Well, his helmet's down, isn't it? Yeah. He takes it down. Takes it down to about three. She's like, "Oh, that's low. That's too low. He's like little nurse. His doctor friend. Yeah. Little nurse. I was going to say that. Which is derogatory. Um, and then... <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, no, take it down even more, take it down even more. Until basically he is a zombie. He's on his yeah, he's, he's off his tits.
2: It tastes like peanut butter. I can't get it out of my mouth.
0: And you don't like peanut butter?
2: No. You like peanut butter,
3: Kim? I love it.
0: Okay.
3: I'm going to put you to sleep now, Okay. Put him under
2: What are you planning
3: to do? Consciousness is nothing more than the processing
1: of information.
3: I'm going to fix him. And he won't know the difference.
1: But, and then they program him with all this stuff. So he's got access to CCTV footage from like 2011. He's got, um, you know, all the fingerprints and everything. All the databases from, from Copland. Is is downloaded it in one big massive hyperdrive thing, right? Which freaks him out, so they turn it down even more. <laughs> and then he do the presentation, don't they, in front of yeah. everybody? And the mayor's there and everything. And he, he does an instant uh, arrest of
2: a murderer. He does. What's he doing? He looks like a zombie. I think he's accessing criminal data. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas King, you're under arrest. Until today, Thomas King was a convicted fellow wanted for rape, arson, and murder. This man has torn apart American families. On the loose for six years. And where was this criminal mastermind hiding? Right in front of the police headquarters here he is, just steps away from two of Detroit's finest. These two officers are completely unaware of the monster in their midst. And then, in 60 seconds, I repeat, just 60 seconds, Detective Murphy brings him down. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. This. My friends is the future of American justice. How many like Thomas King will pay for their crimes now that RoboCop is here?
1: This is this is another way of sort of diverges from the film. So in this film, we see you know when he like you say when he first come round, he's pretty much he's pretty much the guy he was before. All his memories intact, all his emotions, all his ability to control what he does completely intact. Yeah. Then they, uh, he, he fucks with his brain. so when his voice is down, he just he's basically just is a, a passenger to the drone. That's thing. true. Yes. And then, like you say, then he they um, upload him with all the shit. He starts fucking freaking out. Yeah. So they drug crap out of him and bring him down to like a. And then he becomes more like the Robocop we see at the beginning of the other film. Yes. So yes. it's kind of it's a it's weird a reverse. reverse journey where yeah, before yeah, we yeah. saw, um, you know, become Robocop. He didn't even remember he had a family and kids. And they, they, you know, his, his wife and child were told he was dead in the first yes, one, whereas yeah. in this one, they're obviously all along for the ride. So. And things start triggering <coughs> in the 1984 Yeah, and he has version. the, remember, he has the directives, you know, must not do this, must not do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, must put the seat down, after for a piss. Yeah. Um, good stuff, good stuff. All the directives. <laughs> so, yeah, so then he has this, and then, he, like I said, then he becomes like this perfect cop and starts winning the hearts and minds of the people of Chicago. Detroit. Detroit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where's Chicago made for maybe Maybe it was Chicago. And people, field. people from Chicago liked it, mate. Yeah, they the... did. They probably thought, "Why can't we have one? <laughs> well can't I have a... Well, we got shitty streets too." Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. Sorry, that what Bob I meant to say there is is that um, they had a chance, really, because uh, Gary Oldman is makes the point that it's, it's about free will. What constitutes free will? If you know. We had chosen to do something. Do we choose to do it? Are we, you know, as victims of our environment? It was an interesting point that was made. Interesting for like two and a half seconds. Yeah, and they, then they just dropped. yeah, but they do drop a few bits and pieces of like psychology. You know, what your core beliefs and where you carry them. So that they, they really do your core beliefs and they the influence the decisions that you make every day. There's a couple of things I did enjoy. I mean, there's there's a really good training sequence where um, they're testing his efficiency, and he's got the. Really cool soundtrack. It's uh, Hocus Pocus by Focus. Cool piece of music from the 70s. Um, and hes they've turned him down, the visor goes down, and he, he, he kind of gets to grips with all those uh, drone robots in great, it, yeah. it. And he ends up tozerising uh, Shack nicely. <laughs> it does, does a nice like little it. bit of uh, payback on him. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that scene in terms of just how quite choreographed it was. And it was, it was Yeah, it was well fun, done And yeah. I enjoyed... Um, a little bit of a homage to the original suits when they start looking at all the other yeah, the, the, the the original PR testing that yeah, Jake introduces and they're looking at all the different types of suits and not this underutilized surely. Jay Birch was in it for like, like um, a PR brat basically from for the, that's, 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 the sort of corporate suits they weren't hateful enough like they were the first one like you hate every one of those fuckers yeah, yeah. they're all backstabby shagging their way to the top yeah, kind of horrible like. people well i tell you what they do quite often I think nowadays in that is they want to it's quite i say up to date in terms of these corporations they seem to be mirroring like the Google and the Facebook and, and the appeared, Apple yeah, yeah so they're kind of these modern and, and uh, mm, yeah, forward-thinking films, firms as opposed to, like, you know, boardrooms of the 80s where it was all very cigar-smoking and ass-smacking and all that sort <laughs> of So, yeah, I think they've made that transition in terms of that in, in films recently um, to show that, you know, maybe all these cool dudes are, aren't are really cool dudes after all, and they all just basically run, run by their back pocket. The other thing I was I wanted to just touch on before we sort of, you know, rip it to shreds even more is yes. that uh, I thought the... Um, the suit was pretty cool. I mean, they made some decisions in terms of making it more of a stealthy black yeah. um, armor suit, and I think yeah, the, and the comments the, on it were like, "Oh, you can't do that." But I think you know, all the crimes this remake does, yeah. that's not the worst of it. It Does look cool. You can't yeah, deny that. Yeah, it. yeah. And they've given him a bike, uh, a motorbike, whereas yeah. obviously the, the original RoboCop he just drove around in the so like Ford of, or something. Yeah. So like uh, um, for me, the looking of RoboCop and how, guess. Uh, how well designed he was. The pre-production of it was was quite spot on. I I I thought that do, was okay. The only thing I um an issue with because I understand obviously the RoboCop suit because like, as we pointed out previously, he was basically a face, a pair of lungs, and a singular hand. Yes. So like, and then the rest of it was all suit. And we'd seen earlier the the the, the fine um, uh, prosthetics and stuff. Is that why didn't they give him like a home suit? Like you know, here's your work suit. Yeah, yeah. Put this on so you don't get shot. Yeah. But when you're going to go see your wife and your kid, put that one on. Just a bit smaller. Well, no get... shoulder pads, things like that. You yeah. know, just take some of the shit off. Like a tracksuit. Just put some clothes on it. Yeah. Put some man clothes on it and a beanie. Then, then like you wouldn't scare the crap out. Just of Just put kid. them in a loose fitting Adidas tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't change the suit. Just put yeah. a shell suit. The Yeah and a beanie yeah Yeah. so when he when he goes there with his suit meets his his wife and child like anything with more angles than him is obviously his wife's face (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he starts making out of the fridge in the (laughs) the kitchen what are you doing (laughs) nothing (laughs)
3: nothing
2: you got any peanut butter (laughs) flirt with me
1: what do you think about Ed 209 Uh, is it Ed 209 yeah Okay. Yeah, it's I mean, he was kind of uh, he was up there in the eighties as like great villains. Well, even though he's very brief in there, and, and some of the sound bites and stuff are, are still in use today. Twenty yeah. seconds to comply. Um, yeah. Great, great, and any. I even enjoy like in the old film, like the shitty kind of uh, stop motion animation of it. Yeah, no, yeah, brilliant. To explain, Ed 209 is like a chicken robot, isn't it? Yeah. But like a bit similar to the, like the, the little mini-attats in, in The Walkers. Jedi, Scout Walkers. Or at I think. I remember. I, I mean, the original film, probably you're probably like me, I watched it. It was a massive deal when it came out. It was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I was very young. Probably, was probably one of the most pirated films of all time. Of yeah, life. I think it would have been, what, nine or ten um, when this came you out? You weren't 18, I know that. Um, so <laughs> I remember watching it. Uh, and not being allowed to watching it and staying up late and, you know, having a, everyone had a VHS copy of it in, yeah. prior to. I remember watching it at a very young age. Yeah, incredibly violent, but Ed 209 was scary. Yeah. Really scary. For and right. the unpredictability of it, or the, or not, sorry, the unrelentlessness of it is pretty much it's similar to like the, the Terminator, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that kind of unrealistic inhumanity. Yes, yes. It's yes. just a decision, binary. yes yeah. No, yeah. You're dying. And and um, just yeah, very scary, big, ominous. Um, imposing. Could you put the soundbite in here? Actually, yeah, yeah, the, I'll uh, the bit in the conference room. I'll find it.
0: Fellow executives, it gives me great pleasure to introduce you to the future of law enforcement. Ed, two oh
2: nine.
0: enforcement droid, Series 209, is a self-sufficient law enforcement robot. Dr. Magnamara. We'll need an arrest subject. Mr. Kenny. Yes, sir. Would you come up and give us a hand, please? Yes, sir. Mr. Kenny is going to help us simulate a typical arrest and disarming procedure. Mr. Kenny, use your gun in a threatening manner. Point it at Ed
2: 209. Yes, sir. Please put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You now have fifteen seconds to comply. You are in direct violation of Title Code One Thirteen Section Nine. You now have five seconds to comply. I am authorized this physical force.
0: A paramedic
1: they've carried Ed 209 over to this the remake yeah he's in it but there's several of them isn't there, 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 billions there them. there's like five or six of them well they're everywhere and then they sort of protect uh, Omnicorp's offices yeah and there's a big showdown with um, Robocop but they have that similar that, that boardroom sequence they try and replicate that very in, in the first uh, opening gambit because they have the, the little kid with a knife where um, obviously you know a huge drone robot Versus a kid with a knife is like you know yeah. they see it as a th- robot see it as threat. Shot him anyway. Yeah. Whereas most people go, it's just a kid with a knife, and you're a robot, mate. What's he going to yeah, do? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that's implied. So that that's was like really the I guess the the, the um, symmetry of those two scenes of the films. Um, but like I said, the one was you know incredibly scary and um, seminal bit of film. And the other one's just a throwaway piece of shit. <laughs> the of a film. Well, they're just they're just not scary. They're just not. They, I mean, when, when you put more of them in the mix, and there's three or four of them, and he's mm. fight, he fights three or four of them at some point, it just they just become secondary. There's nothing apart from the corporation that he's fighting against and yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah, you know, there's no match for him essentially. No, um, and no, I think it, you know there was one Ed two oh nine. He was wasn't there. There was only one, wasn't there, in the first film? Yeah. So yeah, really, really shit me up as a kid, uh, <laughs> weirdly. But yeah, it didn't didn't really work uh, for me. The plot just meanders and drifts, and you don't care about anybody in it. Well, because um, there's no growth. Because as we mentioned before, like in the first one, Robocop grew from a robot into remembering the family man, the emotional turmoil of that. Whereas this guy kind of just kind of dips out of being a human very briefly. And I mean, starts to override his yeah. stuff, doesn't he? Using mm-hmm. the power of emotion, which, oh, how did we see that coming? <laughs> uh, so he just starts to get his mind back and goes off to revenge his death. Um, but yeah, it just lacks the humour and the tongue-in-cheekness of the original. And um, it's it's so ploddy. Um, but not it doesn't mean, for me, there's nothing to enjoy about it. I mean... We, okay it, it's bland and perfunctory there's no humour but it could have been not necessarily a remake but we could have it could have been a decent sequel if they you know if they just done it a different way and yeah. thought okay they, you know we know that the Robocop of so and so was a success and you know and, a, and it could have been a completely different animal in terms of but it. there's already another film in the works isn't there oh yeah um, is it Blomkamp um, yeah, so it's going to be like a Blade Runner twenty forty eight, where they, it's a sequel to the original films, forgetting anything else. That yes, yes. So it's the sequel to the to Robocop, and not two or three. Yeah. So we're we going to see like an old Robocop knocking them out, or what are we going to do? <laughs> I mean, if it it's going to be very stylistic, if it's um, I mean, he makes pretty films. Yeah, Chappie, Elysium, District Nine. District Nine was the big one, wasn't it? But I think District Nine was his. Uh, Big breakout and those little um, YouTube videos he did that really broke him into the. He did the Halo ones, didn't he? Yeah, Like Peter Jackson was on board to, to produce the the Halo films with him directing it and all. but he did um, he did District Nine instead. Yeah, and then Asylum wasn't greatly received, and nor was Chappie. So this is kind but of the his... thing is I worry about the RoboCop meme makers because, uh, like I say, uh, District Nine was a really good film um and then but even then you're like oh they're kind of smack me around the face with the moral story like, psh, it's really hard to avoid that Elysium was just the worst kind of allegory ever it was really fucking obvious yeah. you know this was just about Mexico and America yeah. in space and yeah, yeah, it was yeah, re- yeah they, I mean, again pretty and then Chappie again you know it was like oh my god just leave me a Bit of journey, leave me a a leap to take to to the the, uh, message that you're trying to partake rather than just hand holding me and Um, spoon feeding me. Chappy is short circuit, isn't it? Essentially, yeah, Yeah. no disassemble. Chappy is alive. (laughs) Your mother was a snowblower, (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah. Um, the cast is good. I don't think. Any, I mean, it's just the it's just the dialogue so on the nose, isn't it? It's just yeah. really, really, perfunctory. And Michael uh, Keaton is too likable. No, he is. Yes, yes, he's a likable, but he doesn't. He, he acts a very good bad guy, and for this, I think he does a really good. Yeah, evil dude. I don't know. I always I, I just like him. You've seen him as um, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yes, he's very good. So, really really, but uh, see, this is what. I think these films miss a bit, um, like like Spider-Man: Homecoming, um, Black Panther. The bad guys in that are bad guys with a reason and a story and a purpose, and it's it's a grey line that they've crossed, and they you know they didn't mean to, they just kind of drifted into villainy sort of thing, and they don't yeah, really want to yeah. be villains. Yeah, Michael Keaton as a bad guy in um, as Vulture in Spider-Man: Homecoming is amazing because yeah. you see him drift. Yeah. And then, you know, the the scene in the car when he's dropping them off um is like, you know, ultimate in terms of sort of like a passive downbeat aggression. Um no shouting, Oldman. <laughs> there is <was> no <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. there's no physical violence used. It's just you know, implication and it's amazing. Yeah, no, love I love that. It's bit. a very good scene. Gary Oldman I know okay, he's just shouting his way through the film but it's very he's pretty good. Um, I, I, and my, so my problem, other... A lot of my problem with this film was with Gary Oldman's character, um, in in his moral um, roller coaster ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. From really, yeah, going from one extreme to the other. I mean, which is fine. I mean, you I mean, can do that. Day. Yeah, you can do that. That's that's fine. I don't mind that happening I mean, because you can see how people. There's various films where people have like started a moral journey up and down, but obviously there's normally some indication that they've. They've turned a corner or something. But Gary is just say so like, the whole way yeah, through, yeah, yeah. whether he's being good, doing something horrible to people um, and then back to being, you know, good and shouting again. There's a, a lot of casts that are underused and um, it's a shame. And I think it's again, we talked about it with uh, Tank Girl and we'll, we'll talk about it forevermore in these podcasts as long as they last. But <laughs> studio interference, yeah, ruins films. Ruins films, and this is exactly why. studio interference and test audiences. Yeah, and Fucking I mean, yeah, ruiners. they they just overshot the budget, and again, you know, they wanted they wanted to make it look incredible, and I think to some extent, you know, they have made a, reason, a quite a good looking film. But it takes bravery. I mean, in a world after Deadpool, yeah, you know, if that film was made now. It mm. went to 100 million. They wouldn't give two shits. They're like, well, Deadpool made you know fucking a billion quid or whatever. Yeah. Um, this film, I mean, it, this film made money. I mean, it doubled its money anyway. What did it make? You know. So, yeah. So in um, it's about 250 million it made across the world. So, so its so, money, man. So it's um, it, it made its money. It, it didn't do very well in America. I think it only did like um 58 to 80 million in America, but once it went worldwide. It's that nostalgia bus, isn't it? So people, mm. people jump on, and then it's you know it's probably one of those uh, sort of tempo films that is then picked up quite quickly by the satellite providers and stuff like that. So it ma- it makes money. It makes money. This is why they do the remakes because they make money because they don't have to be good. People will see them out of morbid curiosity if it's badly reviewed. And, and and for Hovens' opinion of this film was quite low, obviously, yeah, because he'd already what he'd already seen. The Total Recall remake, and, yeah. that, and that was poor. So yeah, I mean, it was a toss-up between doing this or Total Recall. I think the the fact that this was free to view, as yeah. opposed <laughs> to Total Recall, which I couldn't find anywhere online, I don't think yeah. that would have been quite quite a good one to see as well. I, I do remember watching that, and it being instantly forgettable. You know, we could have done all manner of remakes. I mean, the the, the Wicker Man with Nicholas Cage is Footloose. supposed to be diable. Yeah, Footloose. Um, yeah, even the Freddy uh, Nightmare yeah, Elm Street. Amongst other other things, but flat yeah, flatliners. Flat yeah, the other thing as well I was going to say is that we touched on it last episode to we what we we're going to do. But the remakes do tend to be standalone, so it's, and it never really works. I mean, the difference between a reboot and a remake. Mm. Actually, the reboot is to reinvigorate a franchise, is to, to yeah. set a ball in motion to sort of make more. It's to try and do something different. Yeah, but with a remake. Like the psycho um, remake with um, Vince Vaughn is shot yeah. for shot, essentially yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, and so, the, the, not adding anything to it apart from bringing yeah. potentially a new a new audience to it. And I think the danger of doing an eighties film uh, and and one that's um, in terms of yeah. geek mythology and you know, yeah geek mythology, but yeah fanboydom yeah. is is such a dangerous card to play it, because yeah. you know you're gonna get you you're gonna get hate. Hated straight away. So mm. don't touch this film. Don't touch this perfect film because for us, you know, that you can't do any better. It, it's yeah. And and I mean, you could argue that they they did enough to distance themselves from the first film. They didn't. They didn't verbatim go down no. the line. Whether or not it would have been more. So but I read also that this was um, initially based on a thrown away Verhoeven script. Where oh yes, right. I yeah. read something similar. So it, it's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So no, I don't want that one. All so of it out of the bin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So have they done enough for it to be classed as a, a poor reboot then, rather than a poor remake? I don't think so. Because obviously, this this would the 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 best scenario would have been that this would go on to to be a franchise yeah. and have been multiple films. And, uh, the cast obviously was signing on based on something, the director and. You know the script was obviously good enough for them at the time. You know, <laughs> I just think it, I just think it came two years too early. I think a little bit later they'd have been braver with the the rating. And then, I mean, we don't need to see blood, guts, um, and sex and violence all the time. But in these dark worlds where these characters exist, especially on a reboot from a dark world thing, then it is it's part of it. And to remove that entirely. And leave what's left over. You're well, yeah, like a... you can get rid of the 80s cocaine kitsch and you can replace it with, you know, a grimy, futuristic view. There's of... nothing. It's, this film's too bright. There, there wasn't... Because there's a whole sort of, like... It felt like a world on the edge in the first films, whereas this, it just feels like... You don't really see the crime. You know, the, 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 we get... Brief glimpses of CCTV footage before he pitches up and apparently kills, you know, gets rid of 80% of crime. So mm. you don't get that feeling that the world would be like, yeah, we need this guy. You know, mm. there's, all they talk about is no more American men and women will lose their lives as a cop. It's, it's that lack of depth and the muddied plot lines, I think, that really kind of lost it for me. Well, Samuel Jackson's part in this is bizarre. And you can yeah. see, I think, some of the direction and the, the way this film is, is edited is, is, is quite clumsy when, when it comes to those expositions where um, Samuel Jackson's speaking to camera as this mm. anchor. He's like a Piers Morgan, Terry Wogan crossover. <laughs> but is that, is that, was that a nod to sort of like the really clever sort of media inter-splicing that um, Wilhelm used to do? Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. I mean, I mean Starship Troubles is not even mentioned. Like, you know, yeah. you need to know more. And like all the little sort of, you know, subliminal clues to the desperate nature of the world mm. in those tiny bits of news. Mm. You just don't get with Samuel Jackson just shouting at a camera. No. He's not really doing anything special apart from wearing <clears> an <throat> impressive wig. It's a great wig. I think you can't take your eyes. They should have given yeah. it to Robocop. When, he <laughs> <met his wife. laughs> when he's doing his casual wear <laughs> With a, with a Pringles sweater. see with that one. <laughs> Pringle <sweaters>. I love. <laughs> So, before we go on to the, uh, the, the, reviews reviews. On, the reviews on the internet, I just want to share with you some thoughts from the Twitterverse. I just wanted to get a feel of what maybe people thought about it online, and it's nice to get some feedback. But finally, <laughs> so our podcast chums out there have weighed in oh, and given us some thoughts. So, the EastEnders Weekly podcast. <laughs> They said nothing beats the 80s. And, and I agree. I think we discussed this about, you know, you mess with the 80s at your peril, basically. Yeah. Um, the movie Geek and Proud podcast said to compare, yes, the remake is obsolete. I am a Joel Kinnaman fan, and any movie that has Keaton as a villain is okay, is an okay movie in my book. I enjoyed this film, but not much desire to own or watch it multiple times. And I think we can agree with that. It's forgettable. Launching the pilot podcast, I thought it was a. Pointless remake had some good acts in there, but a throwaway plot. So, it agreed with me. So, that was a very good review. <laughs> um, Stuart Forbes. Oh, yeah. I forgot that even existed. <laughs> never, never did see it and doubt I ever will. And you don't need to now because we've gone through that for you. We did it. Um, Release the Clowns podcast uh, said uh, once Sinter- you saw it once Sinter- and around. once was enough. Two more because uh, I want to read them all out because it's nice. Uh, the Hey, My Man podcast. Saw it, thought it was good. Nothing like the original, but thoroughly enjoyed it. Hated Sam Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and lastly, Comic Art Festival podcast. Uh, pointless remake that missed everything that made the original great. So summing up basically everything that we've just said in the last hour. Yeah, we took a long time to say that. <laughs> we probably should just have tweeted it to ourselves. So future, future podcasts, we're just going to read out your tweets, uh, and then we'll just name check you in those tweets. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of um, reviews, what have you got? I've got. I'm usually it actually. I, I'm starting with a one out of ten. I normally I normally find ones yeah. which disagree with the way we go. But which one? Which was the header for this one? Disgrace. I'll, I'll delete that one then. I know you can do this one. <laughs> no, you do. It. I got. I got. I got two others. What? Two other bad ones. No, I got, I got one good one. Two, two. more good ones. Well, you get. You do disgrace. You do this one. You want me to do it? You do that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Do do a different one then. I will. Go on then. All right. (laughs) Because I've introduced that bit. Okay. All right. So, what what have you got? I've got 10 out of 10. So, I try and find (laughs) (laughs) reviews that fly in the face of our opinion. So, um, I've actually got some YouTube uh, reviews. Yes. So, this is a YouTube reviews um, (laughs) under the uh, trailer, uh, which is always my favourite place just to check. They're good, aren't they? Will you all farts stop crying, yeah? This original was very good, but I Robocop is really too damn sold to be actually practical. if you think about it. A reboot was well needed to bring Robocop back to the masses. Give these kids something to love. Some of you stuck in damn past, I bet your computers still have port for floppy disks. All your childhood favourites will get reboots. This is where threatening. <laughs> <laughs> all your childhood favourites will get reboots. Yeah? From Airwolf to six million dollar man, yeah? <laughs> is <this> seriously, yes. <laughs> And there's nothing you can do about it! Get with the times! <laughs> did you like it? Yeah! Oh my god, I can't understand what you're saying. It's, will you it's old fart? stop crying! <laughs> <laughs> Bet your computer still have floppy pots, but I do love the threat. All your childhood favourites will get remade! <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it, we'll do it, man! We'll fucking do it, you can't stop us! So yeah, old fart. stop playing. Yeah, fuck me, man. Um, We're gonna fuck with Labyrinth. and <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck it, we'll do the Dark Crystal as well, innit? <laughs> And then this one's not good, but I'll, there was a there was a theme uh, through the uh, all of the reviews, the good, bad ones, um, is of uh, taking RoboCop mm. and changing it to like Robo Flop, Robo Flop. Yeah. But these are, uh, in here is my <laughs> the first one. When I first heard about this, I thought yes, Ultraviolence is a must for this remake. Otherwise, it is FoboCop.
0: <laughs> Foe,
1: yeah. yeah. Murphy isn't destroyed by shotguns and pistols and machine guns brutally and is instead car-bombed weak. And once with a black suit instead of a chrome Robocop suit, he looks like a failed X-Men character for crying out loud. This is a Felbo-Cop. <laughs> uh, uh, Not Robocop. I am disappointed. Pun hell. Oh pun- my God, this horrible movie screams Netflix. <laughs> I don't think it is. Someone it else so underneath cool. just put Oblicorp equals Google. There <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we said it. We said it. God bless YouTube. So I've got uh, a bit of bad one and a good one. The title is Disgrace. Before I went to see it, I already knew
3: it couldn't compete with the original, but this actually was worse than I expected. What was great about the original, just like Terminator, is that it was grimy, dark, and although robot cops of course aren't that realistic, they were not beyond belief. (laughs) This pushes everything. Robocop has to weigh at least a couple of hundred kilos, but it runs like
1: Usain Bolt. The way it jumps could easily make him a star of NBA. So this guy has no problem with the fact that he's a robot man. The fact that they made him physically superior as a robot. Yes. (laughs) If
3: you are a fan and actually wanting to believe this could be real, this alone ruins (laughs) it completely. Does it? Yes, (laughs) then there are the, let's make him modern and cool errors, they paint him black, he's not Batman, why does his visor light up red, he's not Cyclops, and he has thermal vision too, he doesn't need a light, (laughs) why does he have to recharge at least 10 times during the movie, did the apple make him, that's a good point, the human hand, Puff.
1: (laughs) why god why, so that's RoboCop. That was RoboCop. I was going to say about um, the the fanboy kingdom, if you like, and mm. whether they do more harm than good when it comes to films. I guess it's one of those things where for, for studios, it must seem instantly appealing, although they must know this by right now, to, to sort of say, right, this film has a huge following already. So we can tap into that, even for good or bad stuff. Because mm. I mean, I guess any advertisers i don't know if that can relate to films. Because if everyone comes out with a film and says it's shit, then you're less likely to see it, I guess. But um, yeah, it's a weird one. It's ooh, a dangerous ooh. game to play. Yeah, I would mess with them. I mean, I think they're obviously they're a, a blessing when it comes to you know, if you do it right. Then you know the fanboys will get behind you. If you do it wrong, you know they're basically pitchforks and. You know, yeah, and tor- bam, bam. torches. I mean, it, I compare a little bit of this sort of thing as the dash to what's happening with the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, if you, if you look at The Force Awakens, <coughs> it, it is kind of a remake, right? Yes, um, and so, so is the other one, yes. Yeah, so all that kind of uh, storytelling has kind of been mirrored in some way, shape, or form, salt. <laughs> yeah, with with uh, with um, with episode uh, episode four uh, or A New Hope rather. Yeah, um, and then you get all the backlash. Obviously, we won't go into too much about the, the, the Last Jedi because we'll be on for ages on that one. But the fanboys on that of the boycotting and the, the vitriol and the. The you know the hatred for the director and the script and the writing and the way the franchise is going is just beyond anything I could ever possibly imagine. And it's, you know, when you think about it, it's weird because like these films, all of these films don't matter. Yeah, they're fundamentally all of them are entertainment for one reason or another. This is why they, we liked them as children because they did nothing apart from flashy lights and yes. people that we liked. Yes. These films don't matter. So, like, you know, if, when you have important films, surely that's the ones people should go no or yeah. yes or like don't fuck with yeah. this. So, like, okay, I want to remake Schindler's List. You yeah, say, you know, that, that's you don't go there, do yeah. you? you? know, no, I, I completely agree. And also, these these films don't belong to, to you or no. I. Um, Belongs the children. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's
3: it's bizarre. It's it it, is and, and ultimately.
1: I'm a big film fan, that's why we do the podcast. I I wouldn't think I'd be putting myself through this if I wasn't a fan of just filmmaking and the interestingness about uh, you know, good films and bad films about it. It's all interesting, but um I can't I can't write a film, I can't direct a film, I know, I can't write a script. Give it a try. Guys. Right, yeah. But you so I appreciate everything that goes into it. I mean, this is why, you know, we're 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 kind of you know, we're poking fun at the bad stuff in the films, but we're, yeah. we're we're doing it with a with an eye to try and find the good things as well. We're Come not just to. ripping the shit out of stuff because it it's hard to get a film made. And you know, I think when I'm slagging something off, or we're slagging, or somebody else is slagging something, I think okay, somebody earned earn wages, you know the key grip of the, the person who operated yeah, yeah, yeah. a boom mic, right? Slaved and worked hard to make that film. Um, you know, and, and I just think it's... And it might be their first step into a career of like yeah, becoming yeah, a yeah. director or something. But um, who are we to say? Uh, I've gotten very high... Morally kind of weird here. You, you're going uh, on a Gary Oldman rollercoaster of morals. Anyway. Stop it. Robocop shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did they do it for? So what are we going to do next? We are doing... It's not my choice. Right, so I've been thinking, okay, I asked that It's a really stupid question because I know what we're going to do next. Because it's my... What well, th- do we know exactly? We know thematically what it's going to be because you text me very right. excitedly when... <laughs> well, there's a couple of choices. I've watched them though, that's... Bastard. <laughs> okay. I'd quite like to do the disaster movie. Yeah. We could leave it up to the Twitter people. Again. Right, okay. So we'll do a Twitter poll. All right. So I had... So the choice is going to be Geostorm. Geostorm with Gerard Butler and Gerard Butler's face, uh, or 2012 with John Cusack. 2012. Or... Look, I tell you what, keep in touch on Twitter, and you'll soon, you'll soon see, you'll soon see, because I'll tweet something. <laughs> oh, see, I keep some, I keep them interested. <laughs> if they got this far <laughs> in the podcast, which they have, I know there's a few people listening. Um, but yeah thanks thanks for listening I guess uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> no so yeah please like and subscribe write us, a, write us a review that's really helpful but yeah we're on Podbean Podbean are our hosts uh, and you can get us on iTunes as well I suppose you can probably get us other places too but I'm not quite sure yeah um, Android Play Store Twitter Facebook Instagram it's all there
3: it's all there children <laughs>
1: it's all there it's all there kids get involved um, until next time bye Cheerio.